as you walk off the floor for the last time here in Seattle, Sue, what's the legacy that you've left behind as they praise you in every moment? I mean, it's hard to say. I guess I just hope um, the next person that comes in and plays point guard here can just keep the tradition going. I hope I made everybody in here proud. That was one week ago today, as Sue Bird left the court in Seattle one final time after the Las Vegas Aces beat her Seattle Storm to make the WNBA Finals. But despite the fact that Sue would obviously rather be playing for a championship instead of talking about the teams that still are, we decided to try our luck and give her a call. Sue, I have to be honest. I've been, I've been hounding you. I've been bothering. I've been sending you so many emails. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> I've also been like off the grid. So, so I, 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 I totally understand. And part of me was thinking like, if Sue just didn't want to come on, I totally would have understood. I have no idea like where you are in your life, physically, emotionally. Like, how are you doing, Sue Bird? Newly retired. WNBA superstar Hall of Famer, all time great. I'm doing well. I'm chilling though. I'm on hard chill mode. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing like really dramatic to tell you, other than I'm definitely like consciously trying to stay off my phone a little bit, just try to like stay out of the loop and just kind of do me. It's not, I'm not even doing anything. I'm just, I, like I said, I'm hard, hard, hard chilling. Yes. And, and by the way, like, we should all aspire to do that more and more, <laughs> like be less yes. on our phone, just sort of like loosen the shoulders, do some breathing purposefully. <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm curious when you landed at that point where chill mode was going to be the mode, because, you know, your retirement for our purposes, for my purposes, speaking selfishly and personally here, came a little bit too early for my tastes. Yeah, mine too. But the last I saw you on TV, an entire crowd of people was chanting, Thank you, Sue. It was, um, it was incredible. Obviously not the loss and all, I mean, that goes without saying, but that moment I found myself not wanting to leave the court. I didn't really know what to do either though. Like, you know, our team did a little huddle. Usually, you know, usually a game ends and you're like, all right guys, like, you know, either good job or, you know, on to the next one, that kind of a vibe, you know, storm on three and it's over and you walk off the court. And as my team started to walk, I started to follow them for a second. And then I just like, didn't want to keep going. I just like, didn't want to get off the court. So I kind of stayed, I lingered and then just kind of stood in the middle and waved. But like, what do you do? Like, there's so much to say, yet there's no way to say it. But I just really found myself not wanting to leave. And then, you know, eventually you have to. This is the strangeness, right, of you, person with, again, we've said this on the show before, there's no trophy left for you to win, right? Like, it would have been great <laughs> no, to yeah. get this one, but you have, you have pretty much all of the other ones. But to negotiate internally, like, I have to switch from I am processing a loss that I was fighting as hard as I could to avoid to now, I don't know, becoming a head of state, like, in a nanosecond where it's like, I have to now be a diplomat talking to people and, and process retirement at the same time. I do feel like I've been mentally preparing myself for this for a while. I think that was really the beauty of announcing retirement, just kind of going through it, understanding what was happening. So it doesn't feel quite as abrupt as that. 
But then it like at the exact same moment, it's as abrupt as hell. Like it just like happens, you know, like on literally that morning or really like the night before game four, I was like kind of getting ready to pack because, you know, you got to plan like you're going to win. And then we would have immediately left the next morning to go to Vegas to play game five. And then, oh, by the way, if we win game five, we're going straight to Chicago or Connecticut. It ended up being Connecticut yep. to, to play the first two games of the final. So it's like you go from planning your like next week, week and a half, maybe even more to nothing. I mean, and when I say nothing, <laughs> I mean, I look around, I'm like, I have nothing to do right now. <laughs> and for the, for the listener, Sue Bird, when saying this, is waving her hands in the air, stretching them out and just smiling. I mean, Sue, I part of me was also ready for you, I don't know, to like, I, I don't want to declare on your behalf that, man, you seem like you have reached already days later some level of serenity, zen. No, that is not what's happening. <laughs> so what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not zen. There's moments of it. There's like moments of relaxation and there's moments where I'm like, oh my God, basketball doesn't run my life anymore. And this is kind of freeing, you know, because I think any athlete will tell you it's, it's legitimately 24, seven, 365, even if you're out of season, it's just constantly on your mind. You're constantly making decisions for it to get ready for it, to, you know, recover from it, whatever. And now I'm like, nah, I want that whole plate of fries, you know, like now I'm like, <laughs> I'm just kind of able to, so that's, so one part of it is kind of just shedding this athlete that's just been living inside of me, which is not going to happen overnight. There is another part of me where I'm like, oh my God, I have nothing to do. What am I going to do? This is very disorienting. <laughs> this is not comfortable. I don't have a schedule. I'm no longer having people constantly, you know, tell me where to be or tell me what to do. And I get to just create that on my own. So it's like, there's a morning happening. There's also like an excitement happening and they're all happening at the same time, sometimes literally at the same time. For the most part, I'm just like not overthinking it. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be feeling. So let me just like, I don't know. I've been going for walks every day. I love it. I'm trying to, I am trying to like hang out with friends and things like that. Um, really wondering what am I going to do with all these basketball shoes? Like I do not need these anymore. <laughs> so, you know, just asking myself all the hard hitters. Yes. Well, <laughs> let me ask you one of my own then, Sue, because you have some free time. Are you down to stick around and talk about these WNBA finals with us for just a little bit? Yes, I can talk about them. It has been an all-time WNBA playoffs, full of historical performances and dramatic upsets, and one particularly extended, reluctant farewell. So today, ahead of game two of the finals with the Connecticut Sun trying to even the series tonight in Vegas against the Aces, we bring you someone who knows this league better than anybody else. Someone who dominated it over 21 years and 13 All-Star games and four titles and more assists and more wins than anyone else in the history of the sport. And then Sue Bird tells us what it's really like to say goodbye. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Tuesday, September 13th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Sue, the WNBA Finals are underway, and the Aces have beaten the Sun in Game 1 on Sunday, 67-64. to And you are the perfect person to talk about this because you were just living this. You were just living a series against the Aces. And I, I'm just curious what your experience was as you now understand it and how that comes to bear upon a team that, yeah, was the betting favorite to win the whole thing and now is on their way to actually doing it. Yeah, I mean, they are tough. There's a reason they're in the finals. The style in which they play, they're very well coached. You can see that there's no miscues out there. Yeah, people make mistakes. That's basketball, that's sports. But like, there's not miscues. They feel as if they're a team that is on the same page at all times, even when they do have those little mistakes. They are, they are really loaded in that basically they have five people on the floor, with some exceptions here and there, but five people on the floor that can go for 20, you know, if, 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 if you leave them. Yes. If I had to like pinpoint one separating quality of this team that is different from other WNBA teams. When you are trying to scout them, when you're trying to make a scheme for them, when you're trying to understand like, okay, how can we stop them? At some point, they have three between Chelsea Gray, Asia Wilson, and Kelsey Plum. And then you could throw Jackie Young in there to, 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 to an extent too. But really three players that at any point will just take you one-on-one. Mm. And to, to be able to ISO people in that way, What's the scheme for that other than like guard them and play good defense, right? It's not like, right. oh, let's trap it. Oh, let's try to do this. Oh, we have to rotate here or do that. Nope, sometimes. And I think Chelsea Gray more than anyone in, in, in these playoffs has shown like it's just going one-on-one. She's literally just having probably one of the more epic playoff runs I've ever seen, especially yes. from a guard. So that's like, how do you, it's not how do you stop a team that goes one-on-one like that. It's like, how do you stop multiple players who can just at any point ISO and do it on them by themselves? It makes it really difficult to guard them. Um, the only other thing I would add is looking back at our series and kind of looking at box scores, I'm like, dang, if only we had held Chelsea to 50%. You know what I mean? Like, she, she's just shooting so absurd. Well, yeah. let's talk about Chelsea. Because, I mean, so in game one, right? I want to get this right. She goes for 21, 3, and 2 in 35 minutes. And that's kind of a letdown at this point because she's yeah. been having, I mean, Sue, by some estimations here, like the greatest playoff run we have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been averaging 23 on 60% shooting, right? She's been shooting about 60% from three. Yeah. And so when you're trying to defend her and mm-hmm. she's in that mode, I mean, how do you even describe that mode? How often have you seen that mode as someone who is in Occasionally, I imagine, like, felt that mode yourself. No, I haven't. Not like that. Her one-on-one ability and her talent, I think um, a lot of it has to do with her. She's an incredible ball handler, so she can really just kind of toy with a defender, get to the spot she wants to get to at all times. Gray, six to shoot. She wants it. She's got it! Kelsey Gray! A master! Her size plays a big role because 
she shoots that. If you've ever watched her, she has a, a fadeaway mm -hmm. with her pull-up. It's just kind of her natural shot. Here comes the high screen from Wilson. Gray one-on-one -on -one with Stewart. Connects on the jumper with 10.6 to go. What a tough shot. And so at her size with a fadeaway, I don't I actually don't know exactly how tall she is. Let's call it six one, somewhere in that in that ballpark. Yeah, five eleven, six feet is what she's listed at. Yeah, okay. in that range. Okay, 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 yeah. But when you add a fadeaway to that size from from a point guard standpoint, you're like six three. Mm. So having smaller defender, smaller, quicker defenders guard her. You know, I saw Natisha Heidelman. There was one possession where she guarded her in game one, and it's like, yeah, she's quicker, but she's but she's smaller. And then maybe she gets a bigger defender, but then it's like the way she can maneuver with her ball handling allows her to be like a little bit more deceptive. So what we tried to do was try to get as much size on her as possible throughout the series. And then at some point, you know, she was just on this incredible run. That's why I joke. I mean, she shot 60% in our series. I'm like, oh, had only we held her to like 55 even, <laughs> we win that series. Because that's how close the games were. Right. But she was just incredible. Tied at 87. Gray. You bet. Chelsea Gray. It's just unreal what she's doing in these playoffs. The shot making, the tough shot making from a guard, I've, I've literally never seen it in our league. And just the psychology of a defender trying to stop a person who will not miss. What's that feel like? <laughs> I mean, it's gutting. It really knocks the wind out of you. Just the sales of the defender, I think the sales of the team. But you know, it's interesting, like, you see it in the Diana Taurasi's and the Maya Moore's, but I don't, not, not like this, mm. not this stretch and not this efficiency. It's been incredible. And, and, and it is really uh, tough when somebody is playing that way. And then, oh, by the way, it's not like you can go double off Asia or Plum <laughs> that's, or Jackie say. Young or Raquana Williams. Yeah. So it made it really tricky. And that's, that is what you're seeing in their play. Yeah, it's like, okay, you can't stop uh, Chelsea Gray, but the good news is you can try to stop the league MVP. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's Asia good Wilson, luck. yeah, who happens to have 24, 11, 2, and 4, 4 blocks in game yeah. 1. And and the dynamic that they have, you've mentioned that they all can ISO you and break you down from all over mm -hmm. the court, basically. Mm -hmm. But what Asia does as she's in this weird, like, second fiddle role right now, almost? I mean, is it is it that? Am I overstating things? Just how do they play uh, with, with those people at their peaks, seemingly, in their own ways? No, I think they just fit. I don't think, I wouldn't say there's fiddles. Um, <laughs> I think they all just, like, pick their moments. You know, I think back to our game four, and it felt like Kelsey Plum was really the aggressor early on. Yeah. She got off to a great start. She was in like double digits pretty quickly. And it wasn't that Chelsea wasn't doing her thing at times and Asia was definitely doing her things, but it felt like, okay, in that moment, I don't know if that was their game plan or it just happened. Plum was really aggressive. And then what happens is I think what makes Asia so tough is there are times where they go to her, right? And she looks to take her, her player one-on-one, -on -one, whatever. But then she's also just going to get her own with offensive rebounds, mm -hmm. you know, with like these different moments where she can just find ways to be around the basket and finish plays for them. So in that sense, she's always there. So it's like the ball kind of changes with the aggressor, but Asia's kind of always just hovering there because she doesn't always need the ball to be effective. She's going to kill you with her rebounding. So she's just like a constant in that way. 
the Sun, I mean, their path to these finals, and again, they're yeah. they're down one game in this series, but their path, I mean, this has been an incre- truly an incredible, as a spectator, feeling none of the feelings that you have felt. It's just been so fun, top to bottom, to watch this unfold. And their series against the Sky, Sue, I mean, I don't know how much you got to watch it as you guys were in your parallel path, but can you describe what the Sun showed you, what you learned about them in the process of them making it here? I mean... You want me to be honest? Nothing. I already knew. Like, <laughs> I think anybody who, who's played against them, anybody who's watched them in the last couple of years, you just kind of know what you're going to get from them. And it's almost annoying because you're like, this is just who they are. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm treading lightly here because I don't want it to sound negative. It's not negative, but there's nothing like flashy about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could literally go out there right now and run all their plays. The plays are <laughs> what the plays are. There's nothing tricky I guess that's maybe flashy is not the right word. It's like tricky. There's no there's no tricks up their sleeve. They are who they are. You know what Alyssa Thomas is going to try to do. And yet she just keeps doing it. And with that, anybody who has played against them, anybody who's watched them play, is not surprised by this. I mean, there's a reason they finished third in the league. It's not like they finished eighth or ninth or something like that, right, you know? Right. But I think I think at times they get overlooked because they don't have these like tricks up their sleeve for lack of a better. They also lost their point guard very early in the season, which I think a lot of people just assumed that was going to be like a negative thing. Yeah, how do you adjust to that, Sue? How do you adjust to losing your point guard, Jasmine Thomas, who missed most of this season with a torn ACL? Time, time, time. And then also like not trying to fill the shoes in the way that Jasmine did it, but just like, okay, now like Natisha Heidelberg brings this whole other type of player and just allowing her to be herself. What they also do is they go to these big lineups. So there'll be times where they have Alyssa Thomas playing point guard. You know, she's a post player. For, yes. Well, she's, she can play like the three and the four, but for all intents and purposes, she's a post player. Right, had 11 rebounds, had 19, 11, and five in game one. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's going to fill it up. That's why I said, like, you know what she's going to do. But like, okay, it doesn't mean you can stop it, you know? And then they have a player like John Quell, where if she gets going, forget it. She's like virtually unguardable when she's got it going. Yep. Dewana Bonner. I mean, I can go down the list. Courtney Williams. I can go down the list. But that's how I would say, I think, if you know, this is not surprising. So I want your sort of veteran savvy year, someone who's, you know, won four titles and everything and, and, and seen mm-hmm. it all. The finals as an animal that is just different from previous mm-hmm. rounds of the postseason even. What about this point of the year uh, needs to be accounted for when you're thinking through a series like this? Um, hmm, I think fatigue is something you, you think about, although both teams don't go super deep in their bench, so that might even it out. I actually think like in, in this series, what's really fascinating is the history of the teams. You know, I think you could argue, and I'm sure in the Vegas locker room, they talk about this. Last year, they, they could have and should have won. They had they lost a incredibly tough series to Phoenix. Yep. Phoenix, Phoenix deserved it. This isn't about, by the way, I hate sometimes talking about this stuff. People are like, oh, they didn't deserve it. It's like it's not about deserve. <laughs> it's not about whether a team deserves it or not. It was just like, it was probably theirs to lose mm. and or theirs to win. Everyone frame it. And I'm sure they look back on last year and feel like they tricked away an opportunity. So they're gonna be super hungry. But then on the other side, you have Connecticut who feels disrespected by people, who feels like people overlook them, who has also made it to the finals and lost. And they also last year lost a series to Chicago. 
So these are the two teams that I think everybody would have put in the finals last year. Mm. But both had really, really tough losses in the semis. And yet now they're here. So I think hunger always plays a role in the finals. I think that's what makes repeating so hard. Right. Hasn't been done since when the LA Sparks, right? Like two decades ago. Yep. You have a team that, okay, wants to individually pick you apart. And you have a team that you've described here that has a playbook that everybody can read and it really (laughs) doesn't matter. Right. And so who do you like, Sue? Who do you like in this series? Oh, man. Um, This is a very difficult series to, to predict. God, it's it's really tough to go against Vegas um, just because I felt what it's like when, when they've got it going in the way that they've got it going right now. I guess the question then becomes, can Chelsea and Asia sustain this level of efficiency? And that's just like the law of averages. Regression to the mean is, is a, a tried and true law. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like I said, like, and this is a compliment. I'm like, oh my God, if we had just held her to 50%, that would have been, you know, like, and 50 for a guard. I just want to count for the record that Sue Bird has now said this three times in case yeah. anybody is, is, is curious about I, I how frustrating this might have been. Yeah. That she, she was literally on just like another planet. No, it was absurd. And if, if, absurd. Yeah, and if they continue to play that way, it's very difficult to, to see a team beating them. But like I said, Connecticut wears you down. I can sense, Sue, that you have like your rational brain dispassionately analyzing this series really rigorously and seriously. But like I sense, because I'm projecting my feelings onto you now, I sense you being like, I would rather that the team that beat me wins because that way I lost to the champion. No, that actually, I'm actually the opposite in some weird way. First of all, I'm not either. But like what I would argue (laughs) is like, no, that's going to make me mad. Because that's going to mean we should have won. We could have won. A lot of people have like subscribed to that through the years. Like, yes, oh, well, I want to see plans. the team that beat yes. us. Yeah, and yes. I'm like, what? That doesn't make me feel better. It's the worst. <laughs> I never. Oh <laughs> no! If you want to know what I'm actually thinking, I'm not saying is like, wow, we really blew game three, and that still is going to hurt for a really long time. And had we won that, this whole thing is different. That's really what I'm thinking. After the break, I want to get to what you're going to do with, yes, defeat in the rear view, but also a life, a career that's pretty much unlike anybody else that I've ever met. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. And you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. I know I have. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your Renaissance man grandpa, whose interests, of course, are all over the map, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and over. 
You can also sort by category, like cologne, watches, and more, or gift lists for items like, I don't know, your grill master or golfer in your life. You can also get top tech from Beats headphones to JBL portable speakers. Or if you're looking for top brands, you'll find gifts from Calvin Klein, Polo Ralph Lauren, and Columbia. So what are you waiting for? Father's Day is June 16th and we'll be here before you know it. Macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to making selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. So when we spoke on the pod before the season, Sue, you were not going to do the retirement tour. And then you did. And I'm just curious when it clicked for you that this was going to be a thing that you're going to want to have done. We were maybe a month into the season, give or take. And I started looking ahead to to the schedule. And I don't remember the exact day, but like, let's call it like June, like 18, 19, somewhere in there. I was like, oh, this is my last game in New York. And there was something about that that changed things for me. It was just this like overwhelming feeling of wanting my friends, my family, just different people in the New York area who, who have been a part of my career. Yes, yeah, Sayas its own. Role. Sue Bird was Sayas playing at its home. Own, that's yes. right. Exactly. So there was just something, I, I can't even, it was just an overwhelming feeling of like, oh, I need these people to know. Like, I want to share this with them. This is my last, this is like more than likely my last time. And that made me think like, all right, clearly you're wanting to say something before that game. What's interesting is like, if that game was in August on the calendar, who knows what would have happened? Literally, like maybe I wait until then. I don't know. Right, you're breaking this news to me on this podcast that you're done, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) But yeah, but that's, that was really like the, the, the driver. That was the motivator. So then... Thought about it, time went, got closer, time went, started really feeling it. And then it started becoming very clear that this is what I wanted to do. And I started to put that in motion. And it's the best decision I made. There were so many amazing byproducts that I never would have thought of or counted on or thought I even needed. Even if I did think of them, didn't think I needed them. And as it turns out, I did. And and those byproducts, those happy surprises, what were they? What 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 did you find out? that you actually really did need? Let me frame it this way. Me saying I was done, I think put people in like sixth gear on trying to either see me play, on trying to, you know, when they run into me sharing a moment, maybe some fans, if they see me in the airport, don't feel the need to say anything. But now it's like, they weren't going to miss this opportunity. So it really just, I think, gave everybody, myself included, this this mentality of like, okay, don't want to miss an opportunity now since since they're they're obviously running out. And it was really amazing to hear some of the stories, meet some people, have the fan turnout, both in Seattle, but on the road, be what it was. I mean, every single road game was Crazy, lines. There was a video of the line at Mohegan Sun, and it was just snaking through the casino endlessly. (laughs) It was insane. Yeah, and it was like really, it felt really good because you go through a career and... On some level, you know what you've accomplished, right? Obviously, I know what I've accomplished in terms of like championships. Those are tangible. But in terms of impact and like being able to inspire people, you kind of know. But this like actually let me know. It actually showed me I actually got to feel it. And what I hope and, you know, what I tried to express was that this was like a mutual thing. Like I was also getting a lot 
from from you know having these experiences and and, and being able to share my thank yous, um, and not just with fans. It's a, it's like with teammates, with with current players. You know, like so many current players, even like during games, would take the moment to be like. I remember watching when I was a kid. I just want to say thank you. Like, you know, you killed it. Great job. Wait, like, like, good luck with everything. I'm like, oh, thanks. On the court and like the flow of play. Sometimes, That's sometimes great. Announcing the retirement gave everybody, uh, like I said, it kind of put people in go mode. Yeah. It also gave people an opportunity to to share. And, and you don't always get those opportunities. So it was a once in a lifetime thing. And I imagine, as we spoke about playbooks before, I imagine when you have so many interactions at this pace and volume about the same topic, that you have a sort of like uh, way that you like to, I don't know, get into it with people or sort of keep it moving. How, how, how did you negotiate? Like, because I imagine, again, this is the head of state problem. It's like everybody wants to keep shaking your hand. And sometimes you got to be the one to unclench first, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Um, I think it's just dependent on the day, on the mood, on who it was, on all the things. Um, I do laugh at, at myself because like, you know, after kind of going on this farewell tour and, you know, every arena that I played in, it was like, Prior to the game, they would do a little video and they would thank me. And there sometimes there was like a gift and you have to go to half court. Yep. And even even in even in Seattle with my final home game and then final regular season home game and then what ended up being my final home game. I laugh at myself when I see pictures because I was kind of like running out of like how to like do my hands. <laughs> like there was the two hands up, there's the one hand, there's the peace, thank you, there's the wave. Yes, the, there's the, the hands over the heart. The, like all the like the queen wave. Yeah, and no, I yeah. never did the queen wave. I never did the queen wave. I should have added that. There was like a hand yeah. over my heart. So as good. if to say like, oh from the heart, thank you. <laughs> then there was, you know, doing the heart, like putting my two hands together and showing the heart. Yes. So I was, yeah, I was like running out, but that's like what the moment is. It's like you're kind of like taking it all in and you don't really know, always know how to express no, yourself. Or like you don't even have the ways to. <laughs> you got to hit those poses, Sue. You have, a, you, you have, yeah, the, yes, you have a catalog of moves that you have to I'm like, to I saw Serena through. do her little twirl. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I should have added my little pirouette. What was I thinking? Yeah, you got to go the double kiss. Did you ever explore the that? Just like the opera. Oh, I did it once. Oh, yeah. See, I did that on my last game. I did a, hit him with a double kiss. All genuine though. No, but yeah, so, I, I, so it's a great question because that is happening actively. Yes. No, and 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 to be clear, of course, like it's hard not to feel real things. I'm just wondering how did you yeah. how did you keep that in check? Like, because I guess there's also the possibility that every time you're just overcome with stuff, now that the floodgates are open for everything, you know, you end up sort of on memory lane in ways that are a little jarring. Yeah, I think, um, I actually think my, I didn't lack emotion. I just wasn't, it never really um, overwhelmed me until the final, final game. Um, and I think what that shows me is I was ready, is I am ready, you know? Because in my private moments at home, yeah, of course there's like emotions left and right. But in those like bigger moments, it really was just like, okay, this feels right. And I get to share this and have these moments. And there was, there was a couple of times I got choked up throughout the course of the year at different points. Yeah. Um, I think I hit it well enough where nobody saw, but um, yeah, it happens. But at the same time, yeah, because it wasn't like I wasn't boohooing every five seconds. I'm like, okay, clearly I feel at peace, right? Like clearly I'm calm about this. So the new routine and the, let's call it the post chilling phase. And by the way, totally free, 
to never to stop chill chilling. as long as I want. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> to always chill. Thank you. But, you know, the, the standard line of questioning when it comes to a person of your stature in your sport is to ask about coaching, is to ask about team ownership, is to ask about certainly uh, broadcasting, which today has been a clinic. Uh, if anyone was wondering, I think you have a resume that's pretty public at this point. But like, do you have a sense of that? Or where are you? And am I jumping the gun by even asking you to confront these things right now? I think my sense is, I want to like explore. And I've been exploring, you know, you mentioned like, whether it's like broadcasting stuff, or like, you know, yes. even working for Denver in their front office, or there's been some exploration. And I think I still am feeling like I want to keep doing that. Listen, the end of this answer is I don't know exactly what I want to do. The start of the answer is I want to keep exploring because I don't want to be tied down by one thing. Like I don't want to have this. So coaching to me, there's somewhat of an interest there. The life really kind of like turns me off. I feel like I just lived that life. Mm -hmm. But but if you take a coaching job, you are now 100% tied in. You are locked in. It consumes your life. I'm not ready for that. Like I'm not looking for that. So the cool thing is, I think I have enough on my calendar this year. You know, one example that's like easy to use is like the Peyton's Places that got announced a couple months ago. Like, yep, gonna have to, you know, not have to. I want to, but going to film that. So like, there's like these little things that exist on my calendar where I feel like I feel comfortable in my hard chilling mode because I know something exists in the future. It's, so it's just enough where I feel, I feel calm about it, but not too much where I feel stressed and overwhelmed by it. And I think as time goes, things will just start to like pop up and I'll get to see what I want to explore and what I don't and just go from there. But so far, the best thing about having your freedom of of time, of choice, of of uh, you know, of just agency at this point um, is what is what right now. Taking walks. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, the best thing is um, the best thing is not a lot of people can say that they that, that that they're not stressed about these types of of question marks and these types of decisions. And I feel just really lucky that. I have a lot of options and I'll, and I'll hopefully get to just choose what makes the most sense for me. And not everybody's in that position. Whenever I do get whipped up about, cause there are times where I get whipped up. I'm not this calm all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there are definitely say, times where I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to be when I grow up? I'm startled by your calmness so far. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not always like this. There are definitely times, you know, in my, again, private moments where it's like, Holy, like, what is this going to be like new life alert? What is it? <laughs> Um, there's definitely times where I get whipped up about it. And then I kind of like, I'm able to like center myself, kind of ground myself back in the reality of like, oh, you're going to be fine because you have an, like some amazing options. It's just going to be about figuring out what makes sense for you. So the last question here, as we reach the end of your exit interview, Sue, as it were, if you were to tell young Sue Bird what exactly the rest of her career was going to be like, or you have the opportunity to say anything to the younger version of yourself now that you're decades removed. What are you, what are you informing yourself? I mean, usually I, I joke and I'm like, like, little Sue, don't wear that. Don't wear that. <laughs> Think about it before you wear that. That's going to be on Google for the rest of your life. Um, no, do you want to know what I would tell little Sue? True story. Please. I'd be like, go to therapy. Start therapy immediately. I feel like I've started therapy recently in the last couple months. 
and you just learn so much about yourself. It's it's a game changer for how you navigate the world. And I think for little Sue, she would have needed it in general, but it also would have helped her be a, a, an even better person, but also even a better basketball player on some level. I actually said that to my therapist the other day. I was like, oh my God, if I did this 20 years ago, I'd be a better basketball player. <laughs> she was like, she was like, you did all right. You did all right. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, Sue, I'm not as qualified as your therapist, but allow me to reiterate, <laughs> I think you did all right. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Sue Bird, for, for hard chilling with us on ESPN Daily. Is that going to be the name of my podcast, Hard Chilling? I think, I think it has to Can at I this just point. just name it? I think we just did. <laughs> Absolutely. I like it. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.